welcome to the Out of Limits Vintage Youth Radio Show, OutOfLimitsRadio.com. I'm your host, Ryan. Tonight, we're going back in the saddle. We're going to explore the world of mysticism. We have an exceptional guest, and I'm really excited. going to give you a lot of great tips and advice on how to grow, evolve your spirit. Our guest is going to offer insights that none of our guests, the previous guests, have offered. So we're excited about this. I want to bring to your attention that going forward, we're probably going to keep the same intro music for the show. I just think it's better for the branding. I know we like to hear a variety of music on the, ins- on the beginning, but going forward, we'll just keep it like this, at least for now. Let us begin tonight's program. Joining us now is Deirdre Hayde a mystic, motivational speaker, author, and spiritual teacher to some of the world's most respected spiritual teachers, including Jack Hanfield and Marcy Smirnoff. You can learn more about her by going to her website at deirdrehade.com. Ms. Hayde, welcome to the program. It's a pleasure to have you with us. So happy to be here today. Thank you for having me. So, talk a lot about the Tree of Life. What is the tree of life? Is that the thing in Adam and Eve where they weren't supposed to go near that? And they're like, no, stay away from that. Stay away from it. That's the tree of knowledge. Oh, (laughs) The different tree. Oh, it was in the ball. It was a tree. So what is it? Yeah, it's in a different part of the uh, the garden. Okay. (laughs) It was behind those. Those gates, remember those gates when you were a kid? They were like, don't ever go in that house or don't ever go to that. <laughs> and you'd climb over the gate. At least I, I did that, that when I was little in Memphis. <laughs> why would you, I don't understand why you got to punish someone. Like, Listen, don't, don't have knowledge. On. Knowledge is not good. Don't, don't consume the knowledge. Well, when you understand the mystical uh, Torah, it's not, that's not really the story, meaning that um, the word punish is not the Hebrew word. Uh, they just translated it into punish because it served uh, the purposes of uh, organized religion to control people. I mean, it's really, really, you got a good marketing gig if you're saying to someone, you know, you're punished, and if you uh, follow my religion, then um, I will be able to, meaning I, whoever the priest, rabbi, whoever, I'll, you know, be able to free you from that, right? Like free you from the karma. But the truth, the truth is, Ryan, that it's not, the word's not punish. The word is more akin to you will, um, there is a consequence for your action. So that passage is, is talking about what, we understand uh, in the West and in the Hindu vernacular from the Vedas of karma that there's consequence. And that is Kabbalistic, that's Kabbalah, that every action has a reaction. And that's what that story really means about uh, them leaving. It's not that they, they got banished and punished, Adam and Eve. It's that Adam and Eve learned the, uh, that in the third dimension in this reality, Every action has a reaction. There's a karma to it. Got it. There you have it. But I'm wondering, sometimes people say, well, I I talked about this in previous shows, that, okay, you do an action and you get a punishment. But what if your action in this lifetime is a reaction to something that happens in a future lifetime? 
think or does all things have to go in a linear progressional field as far as evolution and lifetimes go? Absolutely. That's a excellent, excellent question. And I'm so excited because we're just diving straight into the deep waters of mysticism. Let's go. That's what we do. That's what we're yeah, doing. Here out, we go. Out of limits. The deep, the deep, deep end of the swimming pool. Nope. Let's paddle over here in four feet of water. No, let's, let's nope. go to the 20-foot end. Off the high dive. Yes. So uh, I love it because this is what I love, and it's real exciting to have a place to talk about this Excellent. kind of deep mystical information. So, so, so karma, yes. How does it span through lifetimes, and does it pass? The, the answer is yes. There are um, lessons that we're born with that are, quote, karma, or they're, they're, set up for us to learn what we need to learn. Our soul is consciousness because we are souls evolving, consciousness evolving as as the human, the human being. And uh, then on the other side, the paradox of that is, is that um, we, we are not punished for everything we do that may not be exactly in alignment with uh our our who we are and because if that were the case we there'd be no way out of here there'd be no grace there'd be no exit to uh from the suffering of the third dimension so not every action there's there's a karma so the reason i'm saying this is because i know people live in a kind of fear i see that people are, oh gosh i i got sick i must have done something wrong, I must be punished, and that's just not true. That is a, a spiritual slogan that somehow we've fallen into, but it's not accurate. It's not truth, because sometimes there's many reasons why things happen, and sometimes things happen to us that are, are deeply painful, uh, a cancer, a disease, a, a car accident, uh, a loss, something but it's it's not always oh it's a karma it means that you're being punished i really really want to reiterate this because um it it's just not accurate and it causes more pain um this world the third dimension is a world of the dance between the positive and negative polarities of consciousness and uh we, as the human being, as the keeper of the tree of life, our duty is to hold the central pillar. I call that the central pillar of light, the core channel between the realities. And we hold that by holding virtue and value. I want to say ethics, but that gets a little gray, and it also starts to get morality. That gets interpreted in weird ways sometimes, but really it's about the core value, the virtue, the architecture of uh, time and space. And they are built on um, compassion, loving kindness, goodness, uh, nurturing, care. They are balanced on the high art of, of rebuke, that is of saying no to a 
to to an evil or no to bad behavior. That also is a holy virtue. Um, splendor, uh, the the victory of 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 yourself, overcoming an obstacle. All of these are the values in the center of our being, and we are here to hold these values. However, because we are in the world of opposites, negativity or, or you know, acts of evil, uh, acts of pain, or people doing bad things, um, they happen. Or the fact that now we live in a world where there are so many toxins, these toxins are wreaking havoc on our body, and we're having to deal with this. But it doesn't mean that we've done anything bad to deserve something bad happening. Juju, when it comes to straddling between the light or dark consciousness, I'm wondering, is this light and dark consciousness, is this human consciousness? Or is this consciousness extending to the animals? Is this consciousness extending to the universe? Because another idea I was thinking about is, I guess if we become more aware and become more awake to the fact that maybe collectively speaking we are all one singularity, one consciousness, one being. We would always be treating ourselves wonderfully. We would treat all people lovingly. Yet if we have that illusion or we believe more in that illusion of separation, we have the inclination, we have the inclination of self-survival, self-preservation, which I would imagine would cause us to respond in a way and treat other parts of the frequency in a very negative type fashion. So I'm wondering... Where do you see this difference between the light and dark consciousness? It is, it, is it just human consciousness that we're talking about as far as light and dark? Or are we talking about the collective consciousness of the um, consciousness that runs in all things throughout the entire universe? Mm-hmm. Well, excellent question. Thank you. The, um, the entire universe or the creation, including the multidimensional realities, the multidimensional realities as what we consider as heaven or what we would consider as uh, a plane where, you know, some people work, you know, with, with psychic ability or people who are caught between the worlds. Um, there is no, I can, at least from my mystical journeying and 30 years of study, um, there's no real hell, um, there's no reality of hell other than uh, our own reckoning with uh, our own self when we have gone astray. That That's the deepest hell of consciousness. So in this multidimensional reality, there, um, from the Kabbalistic perspective or the mystical uh, Torah, the, the universe, uh, when we were created, to create the myriad of what we have. Meaning, and this is the, this is the world, the world, the world of absolut, of action. And this is the world of creation. So, let's say you want to paint a painting, and you, you, you mix blue and you mix, oh, there's purple. How exciting is that? So let's say you want to make a new dinner, you know, a new kind of pasta. Oh, I'm, I'm going to take my pasta noodles and I'm going to add 
something totally weird. Uh, I'm going to add raspberries and peaches. Oh, my gosh, I have a new dish. Everyone loves it. The, the, the gift of this world is this enormous potential for creation. This is the world of pure potential. And so to create this world of potential, the beingness of all that is, the great, great intelligence, the creative, the creator, um, had to cr- separate the one to create the many so that we could be in this playground of creativity. What happened is that the kind of the uh, the uh, the the consequence. There we go. The consequence that the the reaction to the action of let's of breaking apart oneness, breaking apart the the one white light into the the colors of the many, the separation. Is that it? It uh, left a a core what we could say brokenness. It's like we are the the, the vessels. In order to come into the third dimension, the vessels of consciousness, you know, it had, they broke. Because there was, a, there was a pretty, pretty big energetic act. And in the breaking, a new level of consciousness was created, and that's called the ego mind. And the ego mind is the youngest part of our consciousness. The ego mind is like two years old. I don't know if anybody's you've been around a two-year-old lately, you know, they can be wonderful and they can also have temper tantrums and <laughs> throw toys. Oh, I say that's the uh, mentality of most people, most adults. Yes, like most adults, exactly. Because people today, when we are living asleep, we're living from the ego mind. And so we're basically two years old. And hence all the problems. So... What happens out of living out of that ignorance is that something called um, evil grows. It's like a mold or a toxin. Um, it's just the the outcome of this ignorance. And that's the human story. That's what has been happening for thousands and thousands of years. And we are really here to lift the ego mind into the mind of non-duality. That's what the tree of life does, because the tree of life is the energetic template of the mind of God. It is the it is the the wholeness of our being, where we are one inside. Because inside we are the microcosm of the macrocosm. Inside we are many universes of consciousness. We have universes of of our ego, of jealousy, envy, anger, but we have universes of love and caring and understanding. So our job is to find balance inside, and the universes of the of the ego, such as jealousy, intolerance, envy, uh, hatred, that is our job to clear, bless, and lift up into our true self. And then the tree of life that I teach, that I have created from these deep mystical um, texts, is an energetic path to do just this. And it works. It's well, pretty exciting. I know my wife listens to the show. She's going to say, hey, uh, Ryan, it looks like you put on a four or five universes. I'm like, <laughs> 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 
Yay, four or five galaxies since I've been gone. <laughs> well, it happens here in the world of this world. I think it's pretty of cool. Consequence. Yeah, on your website again, DeirdreHay.com. Deirdre Hay. And talk about what you're doing over the weekend. Like some people say, what are you doing this weekend? Ah, you know, I'm going to relax and on the couch at your seminar this weekend, unlocking and freeing your mystical superpowers. That's, I would call that a pretty productive weekend. How does oh, one unlock and free their mystical superpowers? Well, that's why it come to to my retreat, and and that's where you will learn how to do that because it's a process. Um, releasing your mystical superpowers is is really where it's at because that's when we enter a quantum field. You enter into the quantum field of creating. So instead of creating from the place of the ego mind, which is self-sabotage, destruction, and confusion, you have the opportunity to create from the part of you that is the super creator. It is the, the language of the divine logic and reason of creating. And this is an energy, this is a consciousness journey. So it's a journey where we I will take you into um, this uh, deeply meditative state where you go into your mind, your tree of life, and then we begin to heal and organize yourself so that you can access your superpowers. So we're, this is going to be actually, um, Ryan, um, the Kropalu Center on uh, September, um, the Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, the 21st, 22nd, 23rd of September in Stockbridge, Massachusetts. Beautiful, gorgeous retreat center, 60 acres on a lake. Very, very peaceful, phenomenal food, uh, yoga, and we'll have, I'm going to be giving a crystal healing bowl sound bath. So oh, it'll be fun. Come cool join things. us. You talk about getting personal messages from archangels and center masters and one of the questions i have is mm. what is the difference between making a connection with archangels and center masters as opposed to making a direct connection with source which is the consciousness that we, apparently we are all collectively made up from do you get a different message i mean if you are connecting with an archangel or an ascended being will you get knowledge and information faster Will you accelerate your growth faster as opposed to doing it to source in general? Well, source, archangel, ascended masters is all uh, a na- names for the same thing. Um, it's whatever fills your heart so you have a a conscious connection. In my meditation journeys uh, or in my meditating, I go fully into bliss into this samadhi of yoking with the divine. And in that place, I'm pure source. I'm just being. I'm also, I'm also very, very aware that in this place of pure source, there are many uh, energetics, many levels of intelligence that are there with me. So then it, each one holds a ray of knowledge. So let's say I have a question about... Um, a business, should I 
make a decision on this business to, uh, should I sell this business? Should I keep this business? Yes, I will go into meditation into divine source. But the archangel who, um, is in charge of ideas and decisions is a phenomenal way to have that conversation and receive wisdom, intuition, and guidance. Um, the same with the Ascended Masters. You know, the Ascended Masters are an, a, a new term for the prophets of the saints. You know, many people say, I feel so connected to a saint, or I feel so connected to um, a, uh, a, a prophet, and uh, they speak to me. Um, that that's perfectly fine because you're still in source. So the beautiful thing about being human is again we have these wonderful choices of how we connect with source. We we can create our own way of connecting our own connection. So it's not like you connect with an archangel or an ascended master to uh instead of source and you want that it's better to just be a direct connector to source. You know, if you're working with an archangel or an ascended master, you you are in connection with the source. It's just a particular color. It's a flavor. And again, the gift of being here is we have all these flavors and colors. Uh, that's the joy of being here. So let's. Uh, I don't know. I just say enjoy it. <laughs> Excellent. And when it comes to these. Archangels. My understanding is that everyone gets assigned an angel or a couple of guides. Is there any way, in your experience, that you can make a stronger connection with your guides? And also, I'm just curious, if, if, how do you know the difference between being contacted by your guides or being contacted by the uh, your inner knowing, the voice within? Or are they just one and the same? Well, they're one and the same because... Your inner guides are you. In this field of oneness, the the archangels are you. There's an they're aspects of you of your higher self, as the ascended masters and the prophets and saints are aspect of you. And to lift consciousness from the ego mind, from our ignorance, um, it helps. It, I found it very very helpful to people. Many people who just go to pure source and say, oh, I never deal with all these deities. And then they're like, well, but wow, this is another aspect that is really, really fun. It's not instead of, it's, oh, this is a part, part of. So you are actually connecting two parts of yourself, parts of your knowledge that can lift you up out of times when we are caught in ego mind because it's very difficult. It's difficult for me and I'm a mystic sometimes to pull myself out of a state being caught in ego. Oh gosh, I just so upset at that person and so mad and that, you know, so I have to say, God, presence, intelligence, you know, give me your, your strength, give me your consciousness now. And lift me out of my human uh, consciousness because I'm, I, I can't do it by myself. I'm having a hard time. And for me and for thousands of others and thousands I've worked with, 
it works. It just works. <laughs> so, you, know you just made me realize something because I, I love to drive people crazy, and I think that when I drive people crazy, they reach out to the source and go, "Please guide me, please send me strength." I'm like, "See exactly what I'm doing. I'm making you reconnect. I am perfect. Yeah, that's I'm pushing to you to reconnect. That's, right. <laughs> that's great. That's a, that's a great, great service. Well, yeah, doing a great service. So I will continue to drive everyone crazy. Your, your husband, William Arts, is the creator and producer of a film called What the Bleep Do We Know? If you haven't seen it, highly recommend you see it. I love this film so much. It really had a positive, profound impact on my ability to perceive reality. There's one element of this film that I've always taken with me, and it's the particle observation theory, where apparently matter, reality, does not exist unless someone is observing it. So what I'm wondering is we have, you know, diseases. We have certain things that are affecting us negatively. If we do not pay attention to them and other people do not pay attention to them, will they cease to exist? If we choose not to divert our attention to that, will it cease not to exist? Because I'm trying to wrap my head around this idea because I'm wondering what is the fine line between denying something, the energy of a particle, um, looking at it and giving it energy so it becomes a reality through particle theory and being oblivious to it and not realizing that it exists. So I'm sorry if I'm being confusing with the question. What I'm really just trying to ask is, can you take away something that's negative by not giving your attention to it and taking away all the people's attention to it? Well, that is an excellent question, and it's actually something that people grapple with all the time. I see and work with many, many people who um, are, are diagnosed with a, uh, what we would call a grave illness and who say, well, if I just, don't give it energy, it'll go away. And, and I can tell you that 100% of the time, it never goes awake. I've, in my, what I've seen, is, and as a healer over 20 years, uh, it doesn't go away. It, it just gets bigger. So um, let's go back to the, uh, to the movie and about particle theory. It's my understanding um, that the theory is that the minute the observer looks at the, uh, say, the particle, the, the, the action of the particle changes based on the observer. So the question in physics where it gets so mystical is just what you said. Well, what does that mean for us? Because we're talking about particles, subatomic particles, teeny, teeny, very tiny, tiny little particles that are so tiny that at that molecular level, if you were to look at a chair, at the wood, the particles are floating around in empty space. And the reality is in quantum physics, they've discovered that everything's empty space. There's more emptiness than there is matter. But we think, oh, that chair's a chair, but really it's mainly empty space. It is the, it's an illusion. That goes back to the Upanishads and the, the Vedas of, you know, the meaning of an illusion. Um, but it is a very real illusion. I mean, that's why I like to say to people, well, yes, it's an illusion, but concrete is concrete, and you don't want to drive your car into a concrete wall. You're going to get to find out how painful the illusion is. 
So, coming back to the particle, at that subatomic level, yes, uh, doing these scientific experiments with these very refined uh, technologies and instruments, it's down to a mathematical equation. The observer, um, there's no difference between the observer and the particle. But now let's just take it all the way forward. This is a big, big arc. Here we go. Shoo! To the practical, I'm a person. Uh-oh, I have a tumor. What that means is not, oh, we don't, don't look at it. What it means is look at it more. Give it more energy. Give it love. Give it care. Give it compassion. What do you, what, what do you need, uh, this disease, this place in me that is, um, gotten confused and so the cells are behaving erratically? Um, what do you need? You need light. You need visualization. You need energy. And many times you might need surgery or you may need medicine. Uh, and that's okay. Put your attention on it in a loving way. And you, I, with that, I've seen people heal. I have seen people heal. I've seen tumors shrink. I've seen uh, people who have uh, cancers. Like my own mother was given a year to live. She lived 13 years. The doctor said there's no reason for her to live 13 years. But what my mother and I did is we focused on her cancer and poured light, poured prayer and a visualized light uh, into her, deep, deep prayer and deep love. And she was able to live with cancer and maintain a life. So that's where the miracle happens. That's where the quantum field uh, works because if the, if the particle at the subatomic level is, is behaves according to who's observing it, it's not going to go away if you're not observing it. But if you're observing it and you're putting positive energy into it, it can actually morph. It can actually change. By uh, by that by that love that blessing. Do, so, follow me. Yes, yes, it was a great answer. Thank you. And this is another quote by Anne Rand, which I love. Says, "You could ignore reality, but you cannot ignore the consequences of ignoring reality." So this is where right. I, I exactly. Kinda, I, I there you go. That's exactly it, right there. There it is. Because the consequences will eventually one day. Be right front in front of our face, like a foot from us. <laughs> That's called the Maya. There's no escape. There's no way out. There's only through. <laughs> they cannot escape the Maya. Trust me. If you could, I would have figured out a way. I've been my whole life. I was like, how do I get out of this place without getting out of this place? Uh, so. <laughs> I want to ask you, Deirdre, if you see something negative about becoming one with your spirit and spiritual progression. I'll explain why. Because my understanding is when you are out of the body, you are in eternity, you are oneness. You are all one thing. Yet, you come When you're here, out of the body. Yeah, you know, when you're out of the body. When you've dropped the body. When, you, when the body's done, when you, when you drop the, uh, you know, the weight, you become one spirit, you're in spirit, you're all consciousness. 
Okay, so now you're in consciousness and you're experiencing all things at once. Yet, you come and you have this short period of time where you, 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 you know, cohabitate with the host body and you experience what life is like in the flesh. Are you, in any way, shape, or form, causing yourself a disservice for your evolutionary experience by doing whatever you can to get back in spirit while in the body? Should you not you know, experience all the pleasures of the flesh knowing that this is a short-term thing, knowing this is exactly why you came into this existence for? Well, that, again, excellent question. Let's look at uh, the story of uh, Gohatma Siddhartha, who became Buddha. In the Vedas, there is the path of the bhakti and the path of the ascete. So the bhakti path to into non-duality or oneness is that you enjoy the beauty, the pleasure. It's, it's actually the tantra of life. Uh, that is uh, from the the... One's, uh, I'm not an expert in this, I'm not, a, I'm not a, a, a guru, but I did have a guru for many, many years and spent much time in India. But um, in the bhakti, there, it's a, the, the yoke, or the, the yoga, uh, is through the flesh. So it's through what you, you know, it's what you eat. It's, it's your, the, your practice of, of physical being. It's... Um, it's, it's taking in through the senses. It's giving the senses uh, the upliftment of the beauty of creation. And then the other path is the aesthete. Uh, and the aesthetic is that you deny um, everything. You know, no money, no possessions, uh, nothing, and you um, no food even uh, except uh, if someone gives it to you. So let's go to the story of Siddhartha who became Buddha. He um, went through the bhakti. He went through, uh, he was a prince. He had everything in life. He, uh, you know, experienced women. He experienced everything. He then, but he was searching for God. So then he became an ascete. He would not eat. He wouldn't do anything. He denied everything and he was miserable. He couldn't find, he couldn't find, he couldn't find God. He finally surrendered fully and said, I'm going to sit under this tree until I find God. He's wasting away. He's not eating or drinking. And then a woman, interesting, a woman, that's a whole other thing I'd love to talk about, the feminine, a woman comes and gives him this sweet drink, this milk. He tastes the milk. Now, that's the sweetness, the bhakti of God. He, that's the, he drinks the milk, and he goes into enlightenment he becomes now the Buddha so what is the the kind of what is the the story mean here what it means is that we are all on a journey to enlightenment to awakening to oneness to the expansion of our soul and uh, we all have a different journey and uh, sometimes in life the bhakti is relevant and sometimes in life it is to be more ascetic, to pull in and say, no, I, I don't want that. But ultimately, ultimately, it's about surrender, deep surrender. And at that point, the, the yoking to God is a sweetness. That's bliss. That's the ecstasy. It's, it's a nourishment of pure light. In the Christian vernacular, that's the Christ light. The light of Christ. It nourishes Oh, your being, it fills you with that, with this 
experience that you can't explain, you can't, but you, you know it's what you've searched for your whole life. In the mystical, uh, uh, Kabbalah, the ancient Hebrew mystical, it is the, uh, it is the Kabbalah, the, the, the downpouring of truth, the light. It is the Shekinah, the divine feminine presence that brings life to all things. Uh, so we're all, it's all talking about the same thing, and, there, and, and there's no one path that's right or wrong. It's what's your path. What's the spiritual path of your soul? Just be mindful. Be mindful of where you are on the path and listen deeply to the guidance of your soul and the source and whatever beings are there to help you, and uh, you can't go wrong. Can you have you beings? will achieve the light. Can you have beings that are pranksters? Because I feel that the, the ones that are around me, they, they, I mean, you think I'm joking, but I think that they, they seriously like pranking me. Like, what? Do this. This is for your greater good. Walk into the wall. No, we need it. No, it's for the greater good. Somebody's going to watch you walk in that wall, and they're going to get an insight, and it's going to help them go to heaven. Walk in that wall. And I, is it possible to have, you know, beings that are around you that don't have your best interests that are just there to watch you for their own amusement? <laughs> I love this question. Okay, so now we get into uh, one of the first lines in Genesis of the uh, the creation of the Yetzirah. And uh, so when, uh, and I'm just going to this creation story, but I, I, I just want everyone to know that I give full validation to all creation stories because they're all the same story. They're different characters. But when you get to the to the core of them, they're all telling the same story. So um, just uh, because uh, I'm most well versed in the mystical Torah and the Kabbalah, and we're doing the Tree of Life retreat, I'm going to uh, go with that one. But in in the uh, first line of Genesis says that you know God created uh, the heavens and the earth, the light, and then the dark, and uh, the dark, and in the dark is God created the yet. So God created the Yetzer Tov and the Yetzer Hara. The Yetzer Tov is light, the Yetzer the dark. The Yetzer Tov means the inclination to goodness that's within us as a human. The Yetzer Hara is the inclination to evil. And so what this says is within each of us and within reality is a potential for evil, and it's a voice. And we all have that voice, and that voice is in the ego, and it is the voice of destruction. And when we are unconscious and asleep, that voice can become very, uh, very dangerous. Um, that's the voice that says you have to uh, snort cocaine, you have to shoot up heroin, and you won't exist. You, uh, you have to hate that person because if you don't, uh, you, there's not going to be any food for you. That's the Yetzirah. We all have that voice. And that's what you're talking about. So it's not that there are um, these, these beings outside of us telling us negative things. It's, it's a part of us. And it's the part of us, the broken in of us, as I said, the two-year-old, the young part, that we must enter higher consciousness the parent and be the parent and say no, no. You uh, go sit in the corner and and I'll tell a personal story, Ryan. I um 
as a young woman, I was a ballet dancer, and even though I was working with my mother, my mother was alive, she didn't die, studying uh, the first edition of A Course in Miracles, which is a Xerox copy, I got it 16, even though I was working with such light, I had a horrible eating disorder. I had an eating disorder that almost killed me, and I prayed every, God, lift this obsession lift this insanity out of me and it just got worse and worse and worse and worse and then finally uh in my mid to late 20s after studying of course the miracle for a decade every day uh i said uh i said god i completely surrender i will never get rid of this evil in me this destruction what do i do and i just broke down and then i heard the voice i heard the voice of god and God uh, told me and gave me a path uh, to heal. And I had grace. I did go to a 12-step program, which I completely 100% believe in. I did have a, experience, a, recon, a deeper experience of God because I already had God in my life. And the obsession, the eating disorder was lifted out. And I have had, I have over 30 years of recovery. It never returned. And But what I learned is that the voice that caused that eating disorder was uh, was a voice in me that I, that, that I had to love and care and nurture and heal. And now that voice, what I say to the voice is, oh, you again, go sit in the corner, behave yourself. Okay, I want to pause you right <laughs> there because that is a very great point that you brought up. We have talked a lot on our show about shadow processing, right. coming to terms yeah. with your shadow. And I think that's an yeah. excellent example, another reason why we should uh, you know, work on that. So, Deidre, you're going to find something very strange. We actually have a lot in common. One, we were both born. Two, we both breathe there. Actually, that's about what we have in common. <laughs> um, you were born a mystic and a visionary, and I was born I, in a good argument for birth control. After my parents were like, no, get no. no, I think I, I don't know. But you were born a mystic and a visionary, and I think that's pretty cool to have that ability at such an early age. So how did that impact your ability to perceive reality, and was it very tough for you growing up? Very tough. Oh, very tough. It was extraordinarily tough. Matter of fact, it was so tough that at six years old, I decided to leave. I said, you know, they are, this world is not ready for me. And, and I, I'm, and I literally at six years old ate a bottle of aspirin to go to heaven. Wow. I didn't go to heaven. I, I went to heaven. I came back. I chose to can't come back because I saw, I was shown, uh, by an angel that, what would happen to my family without me and my, my mother would never recover and I, I my that's why I came back I, I because of my mother I said I could I can't do this to my mother I had no idea she would suffer so much if I left um, so it was very hard having a gift is also a burden it's not easy and it's taken me a lifetime of deep deep work to uh, to live in this world, to uh, feel, to, to gain a, a respect for the mystical, you know, to go out there and, and have the slings and arrows coming at you of woo-woo, crazy, wacko, weird, you know, and you're just trying to 
share love and that we live in a non-duality and that there are these incredible beings of light and there's this source of light and I just say, hey, guys, you don't have to suffer so. So um, I finally did, you know, make that peace, and I grew up, and, and, and now I'm just kind of giggle when people do that. I laugh, and I say, it's, my joke is, oh, hey, uh, and I'm talking from the, um, the, 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 the great we, the mother divine, not me, small Deirdre. Uh, I say, oh, well. Don't worry, because at the end of the day, they're all going to come back to me. Meaning at the end of the day, everyone, everyone, <laughs> the biggest skeptics are going to fall into the arms of the creator. So it's just a matter of time. Miss Deirdre Hayde, I want to thank you so much for being with us today. Again, Deirdre is a mystic visionary, creator of the Radiance Journey. To learn more about it, we're going to our website at DeirdreHayde.com. Miss Hayde. It was such a pleasure and honor to have you with us today. Thank you. Thank you. It was such an honor to be here with you, and thank you for all your wonderful work to bring consciousness into our world. You're a trailblazer and a a leader, Uh, so thank you for this great service. Okay, everyone, that concludes today's edition of the Outer Limits of Inner Truth Radio Show. Special thanks to our amazing guest, Miss Deirdre Hayde, and special thanks, as always, to the Outer Limits of Inner Truth Radio Show Virtues, Psychic Medium, Miss Carrie O'Connor, Psychic Empath, Lisa Kaza, and the Astro Phenom, our astrologer, Miss Constance Tellis. To learn more about the Outer Limits of Inner Truth Radio Show, please go to our website at OuterLimitsRadio.com. Until the next time we meet, my friends, I wish you upon you, I wish upon you, an abundance of peace, love, and beers. Take good care, and thank you so much for listening to our show. Want to be heard or seen in front of millions of people? Want to be an expert on TV or radio? Goldman McCormick PR is a New York City-based public relations agency that specializes in traditional and social media placement for law, finance, media, and corporate-based clients. Goldman McCormick PR also are specialists in website development, radio show creation, press conferences, media training, and so much more. Check out GoldmanMcCormick.com for more information. GoldmanMcCormick.com.